We're in the middle of a series right now called Red. If you have missed any of these, you can subscribe to our podcast or hop online and listen to any of the messages. You know, as we look at the Bible, we notice that uh, the red letters in the Bible are the words that Jesus spoke. And uh, these are the greatest words of hope uh, that the world has. And so how many think it's a good idea that we talk about some of the things that Jesus said? Let's pray today. Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We pray that your word would inspire, it would bring hope to somebody today. And we thank you, Lord, that um, it's not an accident that the people who are in this building are here today. Uh, We can blame it on a lot of things. We could say, well, a friend invited me, a family member invited me, or I just kind of felt like I should check that church out. God, we know that that was your divine hand bringing every individual in this room today. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, well, today we're going to talk about hope for unfulfilled dreams. Hope for unfulfilled dreams. Do you have any unfulfilled dreams? Now, I'm not talking about like one day I I was a little kid and I was going to wanted to be a a fireman and I didn't become a fireman. I I have an unfulfilled dream. Sure, it could be something like that. But I'm talking about, was there something in life that you saw, that you tasted, that you thought would be, or that you imagined for yourself, and you sit here today as the 40-year-old version of you, the 30-year-old version of you, the 12-year-old version of you, you sit and look at yourself and go, is it not really what I imagined life would be for myself? Have you allowed your dreams to die? Have they just faded off into the distance Or maybe you have allowed other people to talk you out of your dreams. I believe today that God wants to stir up some dreams in you. I believe he wants to stir up some hope in you. I believe that God wants to resurrect maybe some dead dreams that are somewhere in your heart. Today, we're going to take a look at a story in the Bible, and and I want you to use your imagination as we read this story, because we need to look between the lines, and we also need to look at what is not told in the story, because as we read this story, you and I both know in context of a story that as we read these words, there is so much more to the story than meets the eye. We're going to take a look at the story of the leper in Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. It's up on the screen. You can pull it up on your phone or your Bible this morning. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. Here's what it says. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. He is Jesus. And the Bible says, and behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, can you make me clean? Then Jesus put his hand out, touched him, saying, I'm willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed, and Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go on your way and show yourself to the priests and offer a gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. There's four things I want to suggest to you today about this leper in relation to our title today, Hope for Unfulfilled Dreams. First, I want to notice this, the frustrations he must have felt. We see this in verse 2. The Bible says, behold, a leper came. How many of you know that this man with this disease, he had to have been a frustrated man? I can imagine leprosy, when we read about it, it's a horrible disease. 
Leprosy basically meant the end of any quality of life for an individual. Lepers were separated from society. They were banned from showing themselves in public. It was a highly transmittable disease. And if they did see people coming anywhere near them, they had to yell out, unclean, unclean. I mean, can you imagine? Like how many parents, you know, you just wish that other parents would do that when their sick children get around yours, you know? It's like, dear Lord, come on, people, help a brother out. Thank you, pastor. I know you're listening right now. Thank you for staying home while you're sick, not spreading yourself to all of us. But how frustrating it had to be to be a person that everywhere you went, you had to announce yourself with this awful warning of of how sickly you were. As we think about this man, I can only imagine how frustrated he could have been. There's two reasons why he may have been frustrated. First, because of what was in his heart. Think about this as we use our imagination. This man was not always a leper. He probably experienced ordinary life before he was a leper. What were his dreams in his ordinary life? Where did he see his life going? Did he have a family? Did he have kids or a job? Or did he dream about one day having those things? Maybe he had his entire life planned out before life threw him this curveball called leprosy. But keep thinking with me for a moment. Even though life threw him a curveball, I can imagine that those dreams were still in his heart. I can imagine that he felt a lot of grief because as his dreams faded into the depths of his heart, what he dreamed what would be was not. Not only was this man frustrated because of what was in his heart, I can imagine that he was frustrated because of what was in his head. Although he had dreams in his heart, no doubt his head was telling him all the reasons why what was in his heart could never become his reality. No doubt his mind heard voices that said things like, you're an outcast, or, or because you're leprosy, you're nasty, you're, you're a loser, and nobody wants to be around you. There's no cure for you. Wrap it up. Time to hang up your hat. Forget about your future. Because for you, you have no future. Leprosy says things like that to this man. Can you imagine the frustration he had to have felt? Some of you can, because maybe some similar things have happened to you. You too may have some unfulfilled dreams. I have some unfulfilled dreams of my own. There was a day where I dreamed that I was going to be the father of a son. And I dreamed along part way through the pregnancy. And I tried to imagine what this young man was going to be. And the pregnancy didn't go to full term. And we lost a child. And a dream was crushed. And I suddenly had to realize that I couldn't let that dream crush me. I couldn't let my dream of being a father to this boy die. And I realized I don't have to be a father to that boy to father young men. Just because it didn't pan out the way I expected didn't mean that I couldn't dream again and continue to have a desire to father young men. Has life throwing you a curveball? Has life derailed your dreams? Maybe it was a divorce. Maybe you got fired from a job. Maybe it was an unplanned pregnancy. Maybe it was a bankruptcy. Uh, maybe the church wasn't what you thought it would be and you walked away for a long time and you happen to be here today. Maybe it was a layoff. 
Maybe it was an addiction that you promised yourself that you would never have. You maybe said these words, I will never become an alcoholic like my father, my mother, my grandfather, and here you are today. But the dream is still in your heart. It may be buried really deep, but it's still there. Have you allowed what's in your head to kill the dreams that are in your heart? We're talking about hope for unfulfilled dreams today. The second thing I want to suggest is the faith he was able to find. Think about it. This leper, this man with this disease, he found faith in a place that it's really hard to find faith. I mean, have you ever been at the end of your ropes, at the, the bottom, at the pit, in a really dark place? He found faith in a place just like this, in the midst of his disease, being shunned by society, being looked down by the religious community. This man looked up and he looked at the Lord and he said, Lord, are you willing? Can you make me clean? The Bible doesn't say, but I can only imagine this man approaching Jesus around the crowd yelling, leper, leper, here I come. As if I don't have enough shame, here I am. And his faith allowed him to nestle up in that crowd as all of the people scattered away. And he looked at Jesus face to face and said, Lord, are you willing to make me clean? I can also imagine that someone told him about Jesus I mean, he didn't just find this information about the Lord on his own. Somebody had to tell him, tell, told him. Was it a family member? Was it a friend? Somebody had to point this leper in the right direction to get help. Obviously, because he had faith in his heart. God places people in our lives that are desperate for help. They may not reach out to us. They might not look or sound like they need help. But here's what I know about people. See, other people could have looked at that leper and counted him out. Just thought, man, this, this guy's a hopeless case. We're not going to tell him about Jesus. But here's one thing I know about people because I've been there myself. We're really good actors. We're really good at, at playing the game. We're really good at, at acting like everything's okay. Uh, we're really good at putting on a really good facade. Just a little reminder um, that everything you see on social media is not accurate and not true. Everything you find on the World Wide Web is not true. I, I know some of you guys are like, it's not what? Uh, I have a friend who has a 14-year-old uh, a boy, and he's always like, hey, guys. You know, he's telling us this information, and we're like, what are you talking about? He's like, it was on, it was on YouTube. Okay, because everything on YouTube is true. People often look more successful than they really are on social media and on video. We, we know that. We, we, know, we know all about those incredible filters that, that take 10 years off your life and, and make your wrinkly old, wrinkly old face look like a baby's butt. You know, we, we, we know those. Like, those are our favorite ones. We're like, yes, look at that. Oh, how cute. It's not cute to have a baby's butt on your face when you have wrinkles. It's just not. You know, I'm going to get in a little trouble here, but I always tell my wife, I'm like, just leave, you know, babe, leave it alone. Like, we're taking hundreds of pictures. And, and I always tell people when, when we're taking hundreds of pictures, you know, I'm like, guys, that's just what we look like. Like, that picture's not going to surprise anybody. Like, they know, they know I have a big nose. So if you shoot me this way, like, they're not going to be. So I'm like, whoa, look at my, don't put that up. Oh, because nobody knows you look like that, Sean. And, and all the photographers in the house are like, hey, hey, Sean, shush, man. We get paid a lot of money to, to sell lies to people. We get paid a lot of money to, to show people their only good side. It's like out of 100 pictures, you get like one good angle. Like, God, the story's not that great for most of us. 
I mean, some of you, you know, yeah, I mean, you take a picture from any side, but I mean, some of us, it's like, it's just like, eh. uh, that wasn't in pastor's notes. That's just, that's my rant. My, my rant's over. Um, by the way, if you snap a picture of me, make sure to get my good side if you post it on social media. But people often make themselves look better than they appear, um, and, and they, they, they try to get our outward appearances to fool us. And I remember meeting somebody uh, for the first time, judging him by his outward appearance. I, I do, man. I, I judge this person. And I didn't give him a second chance, and, and uh, I just had a bad taste in my mouth, and, and I judged him really hard. And it wasn't until I read his book a couple years later, and, and I read that during that time when I actually met this individual, it was one of the darkest seasons of this person's life. And he needed the hope of Jesus. And he found the hope of Jesus. And he was an incredible, incredible man. I want you to know today, as people put facades up all around us, you know, don't judge people by what you see on the outside. You have no idea the people around you that are desperate for Jesus. They just need somebody to look past the facade and tell them about Christ. Is there anybody around you holding up a facade that perhaps maybe you need to tell them about Jesus? Maybe they need somebody to see them through the eyes of Christ. And I, I just so happen to believe that, that maybe Jesus has done something awesome in you and given you his eyes to help you to see other people the way he sees them. I can also imagine the leper that he sought Jesus out. He sought Jesus out, this leper did. One of the reasons why we don't tell people about Jesus is because we don't believe it will do any good. And I don't say that to, to do like the preacher body slam on you. I say that because we're blinded by people's flaws. I am too. We, we, we're sometimes blinded by their lack of religious interest. Or maybe we've heard them say things about religion or, or Christianity. So we just don't believe that they're going to care about what we have to say. I believe the doubt in our mind about other people is not anywhere near as strong as the power of God's word. I believe that the power of God's word is amazing. And I say that we can begin to listen for the heart of God in these moments. Whenever we think of anything but lovely about another brother or sister in Christ, it should be a sign that perhaps we're not seeing them through the eyes of Christ. I know, that's like bad news. <laughs> that's bad news because we do it a lot. I, I know you guys probably never do. You never do, but, but I do. I got to confess. And just, just maybe that could be a, a red flag that can just start going off in your heart from now on. When you see somebody and you're not thinking lovely things and wonderful things about them and, and, and amazing things, and you don't see past their present and into their future, let that be a spiritual flag in your heart that God is saying, hey, I want you to begin to see them through my eyes. I want you to begin to see them as lovely. I want you to begin to see them as beautiful. I want you to begin to see them as I've created and I've destined and I have designed them to be. Because honestly, the only way that they're gonna become that is if they begin to see themselves that way. And if you keep calling out their, their past and all the ugly stuff that, and all the nasty stuff about them, they, they never have any hope to get to see themselves the way Christ sees them. We're talking about hope for unfulfilled dreams. The third thing I want to suggest to you today 
is this. The fight he must have fought. Can you imagine the fight the leopard, leper had to fight? I mean, he had to fight through some really tough things. And I'm willing to bet there were some questions roaming around in his mind. Would he be rebuked by the people? Leper, leper, here I come. Would he be rebuked by all the religious people around Jesus? I mean, the law demanded that he had to yell that as he approached. Would he even be able to get near enough to Jesus to get help? Would these people rebuke him? It's sad to say, but most of the time, it's the people around Jesus, the Christians that stand in the way of getting others to Jesus. I don't say that to do a body slam on the body of Christ. I say that to give the body of Christ a little bit of self-awareness today. There's no doubt that this man could not get out of his head. Am I going to be rebuked? Am I going to get shunned as I approach Jesus? There's probably another question running around his head. Would he be rejected by Jesus? I mean, what the Pharisees and what the people of the law had to say to this man and what Jesus had to say to this man were probably two different things, and he probably expected rejection from Jesus. Was, was, am I even worth it? Am I even worthy to approach this kind of Lord? Wow, the fight had to be pretty real in his mind. Have you ever fought a fight like this in your mind? And when you're looking at your condition and the perfection of Jesus and your focus on your flesh and your focus on all the things that are wrong with you and right with him and think that there's no way that the two of you, Jesus and you can tango, you probably have a list of reasons. The enemy has probably stirred up a huge list of reasons on why you are unworthy to come to Jesus and why you will never see your dreams fulfilled. He probably reminds you of these things often. Hear me. We just need to find a little bit of faith. We got to know that the enemy is going to put up a really big fight. He wants you to quit. He wants you to give up on your family. He wants you to give up on your kids. He wants you to give up on your calling. He wants you to give up on your career. He wants you to, he wants you to give up. But I want you to know that as long as you have life in your lungs and breath in your lungs, that God is not done with you yet. Let that serve as a sign to just give you a little bit of faith that your time is not over. I want you to know today that you have it in you as long as you have breath in your lungs to get up and fight a little more like this man did with leprosy. You got another round in you. God is not through with you yet. It is not over for you. This leper got beyond his frustrations. And I believe that you can too. This man fought a really big fight. The Bible says that he came to Jesus and he said, Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. And Jesus put his hand out and touched him. What does this say about Jesus? Well, this says that Jesus... He is not afraid of your disease. He is not afraid of your sin. He is not afraid of your condition. He is not afraid of the sin of the unbeliever. He's not afraid of the sin of the saint because you are not too dirty for him. In fact, friends, that's the point. We are. So he makes us perfectly clean in Christ. 
I'm telling you that Jesus is willing to get down and dirty with you. He is willing to get involved in your life if you just look to him and lean a little bit of faith his way because he responds to faith. He can remove whatever's in your life, whatever's hindering you from accomplishing your dreams and becoming the man or woman that God destined you to be or the father or the husband or the incredible single person that you are called to be or the incredible influential person in your community that you were called to be. He is enough to do that and pull up those dead dreams and make them alive and allow you to become everything he destined you to be from the beginning. He is not looking for you to be a super Christian to be a super person of faith, believing everything that everybody is not. He's looking for you to have the faith of a mustard seed, to believe that you can just take one more breath because if you could do that, he can get you the rest of the way. We're talking about hope for unfulfilled dreams. I wanna suggest to you next, the future that he could now foresee. This man that had dead dreams The Bible says that he was healed and he now had a new future that he could begin to dream about. I wanna say two things here. The limits had been taken off this man's life. Leprosy had been limiting his potential. It had had lost dreams in his heart. It was limiting his mind. But once Jesus set him free, he was free to dream again for the first time in his life. And when Jesus healed him, all the limits were taken off. I want to ask you a question. How about you? What's limiting you? Think about that for a moment. But close your eyes for a moment. Think about the number one challenge you have in your life. That's a limit. Think about the one thing that you've been trying to break past your entire life that you just haven't seemed to break past it. That's a limit. That's just your thinking. That's the enemy convincing you that life, life is not going to be what it was supposed to be. Because, hey, after all, you made your nest, so you should lie in it. I mean, hey, on a practical level, there's a, there's a lot of truth. Hey, we stir up a lot of junk in our life, and we have to deal with it. We have to go through it. But that's also the biggest lie of the enemy. You can open your eyes. Some of you are like, should I still keep my eyes closed? <laughs> I have found that the most powerful thinking is not what others think about you or even what you think about you. I have found that the most powerful thoughts are what Christ thinks about you. And friend, you should think about those things. I think Philippians 4.8 says something about that. Are you allowing somebody to negatively speak into your life? And do they get the last word in you? Do they get the last word for you? Do you go to bed thinking about their thoughts and what they said about you or what Christ thinks about you? It is time that you boss up. It's time that we man up. It's time that we take some territory over our mind again and we take some authority in Christ over our thoughts and say, hey, no, I'm not gonna go to bed with those thoughts. I'm gonna pull out my word and remind myself about what Christ says about me because it is my responsibility to cut off the negative talk and let Christ reign inside of my mind. And maybe it's my own voice. And so maybe I need to just shut myself up and let Christ reign in me. 
It's time that we begin to take authority. And any thoughts that don't say anything about you being lovely, you being whole, you being perfected in Christ, you being powerful, you being a co-heir, a son with Jesus, that you're literally standing on the winner's podium with him. Although you feel like a loser, you need to grab onto those thoughts about you because he says you're an overcomer and that you have no limits in Christ. As a matter of fact, Jesus sees you like that and the Father sees you perfect and whole just as he looks at the son who is perfect and whole. I can also imagine, I want to suggest another thing that the label he wore for so long was now gone. No doubt he had been labeled a leper and he had been walking around shouting his whole life, leper, leper. I wonder if every once in a while after he was healed, if he kind of forgot because he was so used to shouting that everywhere he went, declaring his old dead nature and his old dead dreams. I would imagine this man had lost his identity, but suddenly he found it again. Why? Because of one touch of Jesus, that label fell off. Some of you, you need to let go of the label alcoholic. Some of you need to let go of the label addict. Some of you need to let go of the label of being divorced or the son or daughter who doesn't have a daddy or the son or daughter who doesn't have a mommy. Why? Because, not because we're not compassionate towards your condition or your pain or your grief, life is real. But as long as you allow yourself to be labeled that way, you will never become who Christ called you to be. In fact, those things that you wish never happened to your life are the greatest story of your life because you can say, I was once dead. I was once had no hope. I was an alcoholic for 40 years. I was smoking dope for 50 years. I've been divorced five times. I, I never grew up with a daddy. I didn't grow up with a mommy or I was an orphan or whatever your story is. But Jesus came and he touched me and the leprosy fell off of me. And you can't even tell that was a drug addict. You can't even tell I was an alcoholic. You can't even tell that I had four wives. You can't even tell that I have kids all over the planet, but I have been changed and I'm doing the best because the helper is inside of me and God is transforming. He's changing and he's restoring everything and everyone that I broke. That's the kind of hope that we're talking about today. I can remember when I was a little boy, I closed with this story. I can remember struggling to keep up with my schoolwork. I can remember struggling to keep up with my stuff. In fact, if it was anything that I had to be responsible for, except my toy, actually, I was going to say, except my favorite toy. No, I probably lost those too. But, but I just, I couldn't keep up with stuff. I was the kid that they they would take a note, the teacher would, and they would pin it on my shirt. And I would go home and the note wouldn't be there. And he'd be like, where's the note? Where did it go? My mom never knew what was going on. If you're listening today, mom, I am so sorry. You just... We grew up in the wrong generation, mom. I mean, seriously, you know, today moms get emails. They don't have to depend on a pen, you know, and a piece of paper sucked through people's shirts. I know I'm old school, but that's the life I grew up in. You know, teachers know pen to my shirt and I still lost it. I can remember that um, I fought those same struggles all the way through junior high, all the way through high school. 
I had to take eight classes my senior year to graduate. Four of those were electives. I knew I was going to get an A in every, well, I didn't know. I, I tried really hard to get an A in every one of those electives because I barely graduated high school with an accumulative GPA of 2.3. I thought I was going to fail. I'm proud of that story. You know why? Look at God. Look at what God has done. He's amazing. I couldn't keep up with a single thing. I still can't. And you know what? God still uses people who have jacked up histories. They got huge flaws. They, they, got, they got big stuff. They got big amounts of pride in them. They, they got big amounts of jealousy in them. They got big amounts of envy in them. They can't hold life together. And God still wants to use people just like that. I had labeled myself the dumb kid. I had labeled myself the stupid kid. I had labeled myself the kid that was go, going to go in and get a D or an F on every test. And you know what? That label stayed with me for a really, really long time. I can remember uh, having a talk with my dad. My parents, they were so desperate to try to figure out what's going to motivate this kid. What's going to help this kid get out of his funk? And I can remember my dad trying to light a fire under my hiney one day. And you know what? It blew up in his face because because I blew up at him because I was like, what do you want from me? This is my life. There's no college in my future. There's no success in my future. But God came and touched this leper when I lifted my eyes up on him. And I said, Jesus, can you help a guy like me? And can I tell you something? If you just take a little bit of faith that you have and turn your eyes to Jesus and say, Jesus, can you help a guy like me? I guarantee you that he will say yes. Yes, he'll say yes to you. Your, your addiction isn't too powerful for him. Your divorces will not fly you forever. Your sin is not too great for him. He is an amazing God. He's good. Our takeaway for today is this. There is hope for your unfulfilled dreams. There is help for your unfulfilled dreams. And can I tell you, it's not religion. It's not church attendance. It's not you reading more of your Bible. Yes, those are all really good things. But you know what makes all of those things good? Jesus. He is the one who makes those things good good. It is his faith. It is his seed. It is his goodness. It never was yours. It was never your virtue. It was always his virtue that came in and made something broken and flawed great. That is our story. And if we tell a story that is anything less than the goodness and greatness of God, we're telling the wrong story. We are. It has never been about your goodness or my goodness. It has always been about his goodness. If you can't see your future today, I want you to take the last amount of faith that you have this morning. And I want you to look up to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm coming to you again with the last bit of faith that I have. Please blow those dark clouds away from my eyes so I can see again. Lord, I thank you for every person in this room. God, I pray today that you would blow the dark clouds away from the lives 
of these individuals here today. You know exactly who they are. You know exactly the dark cloud that's looming over them. You know the thoughts. You know the dreams that have been buried in their heart. And you know their desperation. They are here today because they believe your faith has been put in their heart. And they are now putting their faith in you saying, yes, Jesus, blow the dark clouds away. And right now, in this moment, Jesus is walking through the crowd and he's touching you and he's pulling that leprosy off of you and you're free. You're free. Come on, just like that. You're free. You put your faith in him. You believe in him. That's how easy walking in freedom is. You're free. You need to change the way you think now. You got to stop calling yourself a leper. You got to stop calling yourself the person who was an alcoholic. You got to stop calling yourself the divorced person. You need to drop your label and turn your label into a testimony and begin to identify with Christ. No more shame in who you used to be. 